Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Hello, thank you for joining us uh, today. This is the cyber edition of the Workforce Show. We're uh, a, a new new thread within the overall Workforce Show uh, umbrella, and we're going to be talking about cyber-related issues, uh, career. And uh, I'm Jeremy Haas. I'm one of the co-hosts uh, uh, that's starting this, this uh, show. Uh, with me is uh, my other co-host. Hi, I'm Olga Polishchuk. I'm happy to be presenting our podcast here. And um, this is a, you know, we, we had a kickoff a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and this is the first show that we're having uh, with, a, with a guest of our own. I'm happy to have Terry Roberts, who's CEO of Whitehawk, uh, based out of Alexandria, Virginia, uh, but really international, uh, from what I understand. And, um, y- you know, you you know, we've known each other for, for several years now, and, and you were really the... the First person who came to mind as to who would be a, a great guest, uh, just given your your extensive background. I know you've uh, spent a lot of time in the federal government and were, was a senior official uh, with the Navy for a while, and then have done a number of things in ac- academia and nonprofit, as well as uh, uh, corporate America. And, and now you've uh, founded and and lead the, uh, the operations there at uh, Whitehawk, and so. Uh, I don't feel like I can quite do your background justice, so we'd we'd love to hear you talk a little bit about, uh, just to introduce, you know, for our audience, they have some context of of what you're doing now at Whitehawk and a little bit about your background, because that, you know, that really relates to, you know, what we really want to get at, which which is some of your advice and your thoughts on cyber careers and training um, and and, and for for people out there, and of course, it's just a, a very hot area, Northern Virginia and Washington D.C. for for this type of advice. So, 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 so Terry, thank so you for joining Jeremy us. Jeremy and Olga, I am so happy to be here. Uh, I'm pretty passionate on the subject of careers uh, across cyber. So, uh, a little bit about my background. Uh, started in naval intelligence, uh, where uh, I think it was one of the places that information operations uh, began, uh, amongst some of the other services. So I kind of got the cyber bug uh, when I ran scientific and technical intelligence, C4ISR is what we call it, kinds of things, uh, in Navy at the Office of Naval Intelligence in the late 90s. And that's when the light bulb went on for me that this was the future, you know, that we were then calling it the information age. Now we call it the digital age and that that was going to transform our economy, our society, our world. Um, And I wanted to be a part of that. So um, I went on to uh, complete a career uh, in the intelligence community uh, at the senior executive level. And then I wanted to focus, as I transitioned from government, I wanted to focus 100% on cyber. And so I went to one of the best uh, cyber hubs in the world, uh, Carnegie Mellon University and the Software Engineering Institute, 
Um, I was so fortunate that they put me in a, in a key leadership position there, and I was able to really reconnect with what was going on in cyber research, um, uh, practice, policy, and the conversation. And uh, it kind of amazed me that we really hadn't improved that much in the 10 years since I had been doing other things. Um, and so I got reconnected during those four years and then went on to industry uh, running a large uh, profit and loss group um, at a defense industrial based company focused on cyber uh, analytics and engineering. And then while I was there, got the idea for my company, uh, Whitehawk, which is the first online cybersecurity exchange for small and mid-sized businesses, leveraging some of my artificial intelligence background, um, how you can quickly assess risk and map um, those businesses to key products and services that are affordable and impactful. So that's where I am today. That sounds like you had a very, very extensive career in cyber. So has your definition of what cyber is changed over these years? So, yes. And, and I'll say that when we called it information operations and, and obviously associated with a military mission, that, that term is still used, um, I was thinking of it very uh, narrow. I was thinking of it in in the, the mindset of, we need to protect all of our communications um, and we need to understand and be able to defeat as necessary an adversary's communications. And that means right across the electromagnetic spectrum. But as we evolved into the digital age and truly um, open data sets, uh, wireless communications, and all of the digital age accesses came to every individual in the world, then that changed the dynamic. And so I think of cyber as really very broadly, um, anything, anyone who is connected, any work that you are doing within that realm, any communications that take place, any innovation. So it's truly that whole societal sphere that is connected, is cyber. So I never or rarely use the term cybersecurity because to me that is um, a very narrow lane that's focused on assurance. Um, I think of cyber as the entire digital world. So, and I'm sure you're seeing a number of things in your in your current company at White Hawks. What do, what do you see as some of those major trends? Not just the ones that you're trying mm -hmm. to address at, at White Hawk, but but mm -hmm. but more broadly than that, uh, to give our you know our into, you know our listeners some idea of of you know I know I know predicting the future is difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> so. So there, uh, there is um, a book that I think is foundational to help to think through this, even though it's now five or six years old. Um, and it's The New Digital Age um, by Cohen and Schmidt. And what's great about it is it talks about some of the technological trends and new platforms and and new ways of doing business, but then it shows 10 or 20 years out, right? 
uh, with Twitter. What what can that mean? What does that type of service or capability um, that individuals can leverage? How can that extrapolate out into the future? Um, and so I th I do think that kind of thinking is very important. Um, so with every new innovation, then there's a, a counterpoint of how it more broadly impacts society. Um, and so if there's any advice I would give, it's don't think in a one-dimensional way about technologies and capabilities. Think about the ancillary effects, but also think about the pros and cons. So one of the things I was involved with the Navy when we took the internet afloat, right, at sea. And everyone was thinking about the enabling power of being able to have email, right? While you're at sea and you weren't dependent upon old-fashioned message traffic and old-fashioned communications mechanisms. But no one thought about what getting a million emails <laughs> a day at sea was going to mean. No one thought about um, how you need to, to make sure that it was secure. What was the impact of people taking their phones afloat and being able to talk to home? You, you see what I'm saying? So as you're thinking through it, um, you need to think in a, in a 360 way, um, both so that you can get the most out of it but also so that you don't get done by it. And having had experience sort of the, the both worlds, the government, cyber, <laughs> as well as the private sector, mm -hmm. how would you compare the two realms? Are they similar? What do you miss the most about your previous life? So um, I love the business world. Uh, and in, in many ways, uh, I wish I had gotten into it sooner uh, just because I think uh, for people who want to take initiative, there's a lot more flexibility, uh, you know, by its very nature. But I, I also think that the power through business to bring um, incredible services to make people's lives easier, to make them safer, uh, and to impact a broader segment of society, actually, interestingly enough, I think is on the industry side. Within, within government, obviously the mission, um, both when I was in the Navy, both when I was in the intelligence community um, and, and worked across the US interagency, obviously there are some things that only government can do. And so it's very exciting to be able to work in those fields. Um, but I would recommend to everybody that hey, serve in one way or another, either for a nonprofit or for the government, but then don't poo-poo industry because um, the reason we're the great country I think that we are and the reason we have an amazing um, uh, capability across the entire nation is because we have a good economy <laughs> and that starts with industry. So um, I think a lot of people in government sometimes poo-poo industry and don't see the amazing opportunities that are there. So what, what, what do you think it, I mean, again, again, seeing the diversity of your background, what, what do you think it takes to succeed in cyber? Can you just talk a little mm -hmm. bit about what that, what that looks like to you? So um, 
you know, the good news is since the National Initiative for Cyber Education, which I participated in a little bit back, I believe it was 2010, 2011, which was led out of the Department of Homeland Security. And the whole focus was, and it was primarily cybersecurity, but then it broadened, was what are the professions out there um, that are cyber related? And then what are the skill sets that you need to be able to be successful in those professions? And then what is the training and education that you need to map to that? So um, I thought that was a, a very important initial framework. Um, a lot of folks have now, you know, built on that framework over the past decade, but I still think it's a great point of departure because it makes you think more broadly. Um, instead of only thinking in a very technical uh, cybersecurity only way, you start going, well, if I'm a lawyer today, even a corporate lawyer, <laughs> Think of all the different ways that the digital age, right, um, has complicated the practice of law in a corporation. And so if you go and get your law degree and you don't take any courses <laughs> related to just general understanding of the Internet and technologies and data uh, and the policies um, and the regulations and the statute affiliated with that, um, then you're not going to be a very effective lawyer going forward. Mm -hmm. And those who have that foundation, right, will own it because you can't get away from it today or moving forward. And I remember when I was mentoring law students just five years ago, it was very difficult for them to find courses, right, <laughs> that were in this space. So one of the great things circling back on the NICE initiative was then they work with universities across the nation to put in place programs and curricula that allow um, as many different career fields as possible, right, to have the right kind of new insights, new courses, new development to be able to then succeed in this space. Um, I have to do one shout out uh, for the Naval Academy. Um, I've been on their advisory, uh, their cyber education advisory board since it began, I think over six years ago. And through the brilliance of the academy, they established a cyber operations major, which is a multidisciplinary major. So it is technical, it has operational pinnings, it has policy, um, it's, it's really a 360 approach. And as a result of that, it's now the top th third, I think top three, uh, major at the academy with over a hundred students, you know, signing up every year out of a class of a thousand. And so it's kind of the thing of if you will build it, right, I, I think uh, young people today understand that this is the world they live in. This is what they're going to need to know. And even if they're not technical, right, mm -hmm. um, that they at least want to take some foundational courses um, so that they have an understanding of this space. You, you mentioned the Naval Academy. Was that was that related to what took you out to Colorado recently? Yes. So um, the I believe this was the fifth year. Um, the 
service academies um, have had a joint service academy cyber summit uh, where they bring folks together um, who have both uh, potentially a service background, an academy background, a cyber background, a business background, um, and bring them together and then be able to um, discuss some of the key topics of the day. Uh, and in this particular case, um, there has been a great deal of focus up across this group on uh, the NSTAC uh, cyber report and the moonshot cyber report where the idea of, hey, what are the top 10 uh, audacious goals that we should go for um, over the next 10 years? Uh, and how do we put a plan in place to get there? So so the, the point you're making about how uh, many people think about cyber as being just science, technology, engineering, or math, or, or, or some, some field or specialty that's related to that is really important. And, you know, speaking to the, the, the broader influence and impact or relatability of cyber to, to really all aspects of our life and, and how it's impacting the legal field. You mentioned that, and again, you mentioned the, the NICE initiative. Mm -hmm. can, can you, we talk a little bit more from your view of, of some of those other areas outside of maybe the stereotypical, you know, this is a, a cyber sure. field that, sure. that, that, that you think that yep. most people may not quite realize is is cyber related or has some mm -hmm. sort of cyber relation or the future mm -hmm. is important. So, so let's to, take one area, marketing. If you can't think through and don't understand digital marketing, <laughs> then you're not uh, an effective uh person in marketing and sales, right? If if you don't understand all of, right, so what's marketing about? It's about effective communication, about a product, service, organization, um, and you're trying to target certain audiences who you think might be interested in that service or product. Um, and so then it's about what is the message and then how do you reach them? Well, today, <laughs> If you're only focused on print media or if you're only focused on face-to-face -face forums, which, by the way, a lot of organizations still are because they're run by people my age who are still playing to our generation instead of understanding that 50% of the population is you have to communicate with them differently and even to communicate to my generation, you have to go into the digital media. So that's one example. Um, I have a cyber intelligence background. I, I, I am not a cybersecurity uh, professional. And a cyber intelligence background is really business intelligence. Um, it's focusing on what are the questions I'm trying to answer um, what are all the data sets that I can access? How do I use technologies to parse that data to get me as close to my answers as I can possibly get to? Um, and then how do I then address those needs um, or those uh, questions effectively and be able to tee it up to executives, to middle managers, to the general public? Um, and so 
that and then you can apply it to the cyber problem set, meaning cyber related actors, uh, threats, uh, trends in cyber crime and fraud. How is that impacting the different industries? What are solutions, right, to address those issues? What are some of the best practices? Um, so I see both business intelligence and cyber intelligence as interrelated, and I see every business organization or government entity needs that kind of skill set and expertise. What about some of the soft skills that you mm -hmm. find necessary to succeed in cyber career? So um, I think, uh, and this is gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm walking a line here. I have led um, technical teams, um, deeply technical teams, uh, since the late 90s, 1990s. And, and their brilliance is amazing, but it tends, the majority of all of us, we tend to have areas of expertise. We need people who can look across um, all of that expertise and be able to connect the dots um, and be able to map it to what an organization's objectives, business objectives or mission objectives. So what people forget is if it's a technical only team, then they are not maximized. If it's a, uh, for lack of a better word, a liberal arts team only, then it's difficult for them to be able to articulate effectively digital age challenges. So the best advice I can give in any organization is to form optimized multidisciplinary teams. I'd like to talk a little bit more about Whitehawk and and use that a little bit of as a as a case study so so people get an idea of what it's like to work in cyber. So can you mm -hmm. talk about what it's like to work at Whitehawk and um, you know do you you know what are the, kind of some of the career paths that mm -hmm. are available just as mm -hmm. as exemplars there as well as you know do you offer internships and those types of opportunities sure. for you know early career. Sure. I'd love to start with the internships first. So, um, so our business is we're an online platform. We leverage AI technologies, and then we sell products and services, right? Um, and so it is a business. Um, but we need people with, so we have a small data science team, a small development team, and a small business ops and, and virtual consultants and a small marketing and sales. like So very similar to almost any business. What I think is different because we're an online platform is we have to work across ourselves. So they're really, if, if we're completely siloed, um, then we will not be successful. Interns, um, I tell everybody that uh, high school, uh, undergraduate, graduate interns are the best hires you can make for any skill set area. Uh, if you start with an intern in a summer internship, first of all, they learn so much by working with you. You gain so much by fresh eyes coming into your business. And you also can test drive each other, right, to see if in the future it could be a good fit or not. And 
what folks get out of uh, an internship can also be, uh, you know, I don't want to work in that area. <laughs> and that's huge, right? You will not waste as much time in the future. So I always recommend to young people have at least two or three internships, make them diverse so that then you really have a sense of where your skills are, where your passion is. So you don't waste as much time, right? When you go to a full-time position. I would say 50% of my current team were former interns that we test drove, that it was a great fit, um, and that we were fortunate enough to retain. And then they, right, when they come to work for you full time, they hit the deck running. So that is just a win-win situation all the way around. What is your advice for parents? That's a good one. So I do think camps, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working one of the, um, one of the initiatives right now is to enable counselors across the nation to have the right kind of counseling materials because we're sort of in that catch-22 right now where uh, cyber careers really have blossomed within the past decade. And so the, the education system and parents, right, have a really time, tough time catching up because it wasn't something that they experienced. So I would definitely say um, camps, workshops, um, Girl Scouts. I just heard she was at the, uh, the CEO of the Girl Scouts was just at the Joint uh, Service Academy Summit. Uh, Girl Scout programs across all of the cyber dimensions, and now they're offering badges in all of those skill sets. To be able to do that and then bring that, you know, to uh, a college experience or to a certification experience. I mean, let's face it, anything that you can do in grade school and high school, um, you're just that you know, step ahead. Um, I do think everyone should learn, go to a coding camp, whether, you know, it doesn't matter whether um, you think you're technical or not, because actually the best coders are mathematicians and musicians. Um, so, you know, experience those, um, anything that's available um, out of the school programs or after school programs. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. It just flew by. <laughs> um, but really, well, then you're going to have to have me back. <laughs> we, we will. Absolutely. If, if, you, if you agree to it. I know it's difficult to get on your schedule, uh, but we would certainly love to have you back. And, and thank you for coming today. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, it, I, I'll it tell just... you what, thanks for having this program, because I really think um, it's important to get the word out uh, in a way that will reach a lot of people. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.